From the backwoods and the swamp waters of the Sunshine State, and all across America and the world, this is The Big and Wild Outdoors. With your host, Braden Gunn, Jonathan Swindle, and Glenn Kinman. <laughs> Welcome back, everybody. It's hour number three of the Big and Wild Outdoors. Never fear, we have tickets here, and we shall give them away this time, this hour, so that you, uh, if you have not gotten your tickets over the course of the past two hours or last week's three hours, we will have tickets that we shall be giving away up into the day of. <clears throat> and if like deer, last year, the, we might give them away day of. Yeah, Turkey and Deer, deer and Turkey Expo. So, uh, during the break, uh, it turned into a really, really bad episode of uh, Jaws while everybody was sitting around in the galley discussing scar tissue. <laughs> so during the break, uh, Bill George uh, acknowledged that his we mom were floating in the water. His mom had, uh, you know, had to text him and let her know about hair scars, and then Jonathan chimed in on his scars. But I will say I have them all beat because no one in this entire studio has a scar on their face from Elvis. I have a scar from Elvis. Was he a fish? It's my grandma's dog. <laughs> For some reason, I think there's. Why did I think? Why? Why? Why did I think get lured into the fact that I thought, okay, there's going to be a cool story because I've heard stories of you saying you actually met the real Elvis. I did. I met Elvis when I was a kid. So uh, yeah, but. I wasn't, uh, I made the moves on Lisa Marie and he punched me in the face and I got a scar. <laughs> so no, no. <laughs> oh, I'm going to burn a little here. Oh, thank you very much. Let me touch my daughter. Ow. No, it was a dog. So I, I always say I got this scar right here from Elvis. And they're like, what? <laughs> my dog. But my, that's the best part. Of a, dog. But, but the best part a, about a scar is just like I said to Bill, it's called an icebreaker. I yeah, mean, because that's with mine. From my burn accident, the one on the back of my head that I'm sure everybody that's ever seen us out in, in public always ask me, is that where all your brains leaked out the back of your head? Or, you know, I've heard them all. Bill, stop. Don't even say a word. But, <laughs> you know, it's always, it's always fun because you can, it, that scar, you can make it any story that you want. Yeah. And they're usually good ones. I got, I got one across my knuckles on my, my right hand that, believe it or not, I was stabbed by my brother. I, can I believe that. it. Yeah. I, I, there's no shock in the room, my friend. I have I have one going down the side of my leg. Mama put me in restriction for something. We lived in Italy, and she put me in my room for for what we would call timeout. But uh, wait a minute, you lived in Italy? We lived in Italy, and I decided that I didn't want to stay in that second story room, so I decided I was going to go down a gutter. That was on the side of the house <laughs> and cut my leg open. And folks, this is the human proof that tetanus will not kill you. <laughs> so I've had a few. I've had a few scars. Like I'm a, sure that gutter was nice and rusty and, you know. Yeah. Been there since the Middle Ages. Uh, yeah. So like I said, it turned into a really bad episode of Jaws here in the studio. <laughs> When you see that scar, Indianapolis, 300 we don't have, But the problem is we don't have the bottle of whiskey and the coffee cups. Yeah, so. and no one's going to start singing anytime soon. Uh, we are in the midst of uh, fishing, hunting, prep, everything else like that. And I did want to go on a little tirade about one of the great joyous things that you will learn when you go out to the uh, Deer and Turkey Expo or Turkey and Deer Expo, whichever you want to call it. 
uh, is the fact that uh, there are many, many good vendors out there who can help you uh, not only improve your land, but improve your chances out in the woods. You'll see lots of great products out there where uh, it'll improve your chances of uh, not only bagging whatever game it is you're looking for, but also transporting it in and out or whatever it is, or even maybe even processing it if you're going to do something quickly to it before you take it down to Owl's Wild Meats and uh, get her done. But uh, one of the great ones that we met last year, that I don't think a lot of people take advantage of in the state of Florida. We all talk about food plots, but when we talk to the gentleman uh, about the benefits of planting certain trees on your property, and I will say that um, you know Dave Owens with DK Flatwoods, his buddy Jay Everett, uh, when they were partners back in the day, uh, his big thing on his improvement on his property is planting trees, certain types of trees, where it comes to um, you know, the chestnuts or uh, yeah, fruit trees, fruit your trees, persimmons, trees, yeah. you know, apples, things like that. I think a lot of people look at the state of Florida and think, you know, it's just oranges, grapefruits, limes, and uh, tangelos and honey bells and all that stuff. And that's not true. Uh, with proper stuff and proper uh, nutrition, you can grow some unbelievably great fruit trees on your property that will attract not just deer. But turkeys and dove and quail and anything else that, that go out there, it's not just all about trying to get those four-legged critters to go running around out there. But take a, a, a step back, like from look at what Mosaic does with their lands and things like that afterwards with the yeah. restoration. They're not just out there throwing a handful of seed out there. They're putting yeah. native plants back out oh, where they're supposed what, to be. Oh, wait, a big it, corporation that harvests things off the land and goes back and improves it after they get done. But I think that a lot of guys have that mentality where it has to be just a food plot. You but like that, don't you? Like I, I, I turned it. Ooh! Oh, wait all, a minute, we're Amber all, Alert. We're under attack. Oh, it's Amber well, Alert. Well, okay. I turn around and for for a number of years, I talked to the the guy from Native Flatwoods, and last year I bought some of the trees from them. They're doing very well on the property. What trees did you get? I have like three different types of apples and a couple types of pears and some persimmons i ended up getting and basically they look at where where in the state you are and they'll give you recommendations as to what kind of might work for you in that area and um you know i planted them and you basically sometimes you know unless you're doing soil samples and everything else i just planted them in the yard and they're they're doing they're doing pretty dang good. Yeah, so. well, you know, I mean, that's one of those things that I think a lot of people overlook, and that was my point. If you think, you know, all you need are, uh, you know, eagle peas and field peas and, uh, you know, uh, chufa or whatever else it is out there, I think a lot of people neglect the fact that if you uh, plant some trees out there in the middle of those uh, food plots and give them an opportunity to grow, um, it becomes, they're not just hanging around on the edges anymore of your food plot. They're going into the middle. Well, and even if you plant just like what you're saying, like the acorn trees and stuff like that, when they get big enough. But acorns take forever. Well, what I'm just saying from the tree, well, not even from the tree producing uh, a food source. If you put a tree out there or something like that, I know that Mark Drury came up with a thing from Mad Calls at it was basically they would take a tree limb and put it in the middle of their food plot because the bucks would go out and make scrapes and all that on that tree. Well, you know, they're going to go investigate it. Isn't that right, Bill? Bill? Bill. Bill, you there, Bill? They will investigate it. Yeah. (laughs) I'm just putting you on the spot, man. What's going on? 
Nothing. I kind of got a question slash uh, situation that happened uh, this past uh, this past week. Uh, I worked for the city, and we had a uh, homeowner come down and say there was some gentleman uh, cast netting in a freshwater pond. Uh-oh. So, uh, you know, I, me, being the deputy dog, I went down there, and uh, they were already gone. But I guess they left some brown hoplo up on the side of the uh, side of the pond. My uh, kind of question slash uh, thing for you is um, I, I tried to get clarification on what you can do in a freshwater pond. So I called up FWC, and I, I got four different ladies. And basically, you can throw any cast net. If I'm not mistaken, this is what she told me. You could throw any cast net, so any size cast net you want in fresh water. You can keep just about anything except, you know, your native uh, fresh, you know, your largemouth bass and stuff like that. But you can keep Asian carp, uh, tilapia, um, brown hopper, whatever you want. The only thing they don't want you to do is if, like, say, a, um, a neighborhood, go, uh, you know, they pay for some of the fish that eat the... Uh, weeds or whatever they don't want you taking those out uh do you guys know anything about you know any you know that as far as uh size and net well i i know that in freshwater uh if if your freshwater connects to a canal also uh, redfish would also be allowed to be taken as well so uh it's one of those things mullet if it's in there as well they, they move up into some freshwater areas occasionally yeah. if you find them in a lake but uh placostomus Everything that you mentioned is is legal. Placostomus, uh, manile perch, anything that is not a non-native species or considered to be a sport fish, but, like bass, brim, uh, crappies, shell crackers, wormouths, all those things. Those cannot be. Those can't be kept unless there are some people who actually do have commercial licenses for those things, but they have to be tagged and they have to have a commercial license and. And that kind of thing. It can't be just neighborhood kids going in there and taking, uh, you know, but taking a brim out or something. The, there is there is a possibility. First of all, there are some places in Florida you cannot use a cast net. There is some regulations on some places out in uh, Polk County. There's Saddle Creek. Yeah. There's 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 areas in which cast nets are prohibited in fresh water. So unless you are a licensed guy who's uh, allowed to go out there and take anything on overpopulation okay. or placostomus that are eroding the bank and things like <laughs> but, that. But but yeah. where we but where we get into some issues are. A lot of these neighborhood ponds are retention ponds, and those ponds really yeah. aren't public. Those ponds, a lot of times the bottom, everything is owned by a, a community, and they ultimately could could say you can't come there at all. Yeah, because there'd be a place where there's no fishing allowed. Yeah, and, and I know there's a few lakes in St. Pete that say no cast netting, um, and I know I was talking to a guy the other day who was uh, trying to get uh, shiners and got in all kinds of trouble by the sheriff. Um, but yeah, you, you, what they said about the brown hoplow or, or just about any fish that you leave up on the side of the bank, that's considered, I think, wanton waste. Uh, so yes. that's, uh, that's yeah. something they, that's considered littering. Now she did say if you throw it in the trash can, they're okay with it. Yeah, that's, that's the funny thing. But if you, if you leave it out for the birds and the egrets to take care of, that's illegal. But if you actually yeah, took yeah. it to a dumpster, God that's, forbid that's nature fine. takes its course. Yeah. So, uh, but, exactly. but, but that's on anything. I mean, you see those guys who take, uh, you know, hardhead catfish, they throw them up on the bridge or up, you know, on the road or even on the skyway, stuff like that. That's even wanton and wasteful. I mean, you're not supposed well, yeah. to do that. Or stingrays, you see people, you know, leave stingrays behind. 
that, that if you're going to yeah. do it, you know, take the time. If you're going to take it out of the net, then just throw it over the side. At least a shark will have a meal. Yeah. You well, know what I'm saying? Right yeah, at, exactly. Right after the break, I want to talk about uh, oh, the guy that, that got served the other day right. for fishing. Well, thanks, thanks, Bill. Thanks for getting it all, all fired right, up, Bill. We appreciate it. It's going to turn into a real good fight after the break, so uh, stick with us. We are the Big and Wild Outdoors, brought to you by G5 Feeding Outdoors. And Brandon Ford, stay with us. It's going to get ugly. You don't shoot hogs on a lake. Oh, hey, welcome back. Welcome back. Hey, everybody. It is the Big and Wild Outdoors. Welcome to Weather on the Nines for the Zephyr Hills area for Bill George. It'd be Weather on the Tens because we're 1010. It's 918. We're not being his nine. It's what? Stop it. What's the weather? So, for Zephyr Hills, it is uh, 78 degrees and falling. Why are you giving the weather anyway? Possible 50% chance of rain by 11 o'clock. It's by Florida. 11. It's going to rain somewhere. Temporary radio station now, apparently. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> uh, during the break, we were still arguing, or uh, <clears throat> discussing the... No, uh, y'all the, were arguing. The, uh, the uh, cast netting uh, situation that we were just dealing with with Bill. Uh, the caller, not Bill George, the man in the studio. Uh, and we are having some little disagreement because, uh, I know that about sovereign lands, if you're in the middle of, uh, of, uh, East Lake apartments and there's a lake in the middle of it that was dug by man as they built the apartment complex and there is no outlet for it except for a drain off to the side that goes into a ditch or a canal or something, uh, they can make the rules. And that's why the sheriff's department was probably called on the individual that Bill talked about. Because uh, the sheriff was there to say, you cannot be here. You're trespassing or you cannot be on this property doing what it is you're doing. Uh, I'm sure I can almost 99% guarantee that the law enforcement officer by the sheriff's department was not there going, you can't keep those bass. You have to keep those tilapia. You have to throw the bass back and you have to uh, Mm. then remove yourself. Um, That would be up to FWC to do that. And as you saw, maybe some of you saw on uh, social media this past week that the individual a year ago who decided to take it upon himself and pick up a man's tilapia, uh, the gentleman's name was Bob, who um, had was out fishing down at the lake not, not too far from here, and um, the guy picked up the fish and threw it back in, and of course that turned because. into a, a melee because uh, he wanted to save the individual from baking into the sun. And, uh, was yes, he referred to the fish as an individual. And, um, you know, and it started a, a ruckus that was on video camera that we've all seen on tape. And then the, uh, the lovely folks from the St. Pete PD pulled up and said, uh, you know, that uh, this guy uh, had a right to do this and this, that, and the other thing, where the guy was saying, no, he didn't. Uh, you know, that's harassment of a fisherman, which is against the law. And now it is now into the court systems, which has now made it to social media and all that other kind of good stuff. So we'll have to see how it plays out. But well, uh, and people just mind their own business. Thank you. <laughs> well, you know, it's one of those things where you have an activist who feels that he's doing what it is that he feels that he should be doing. And no, well, and, well, and why? And here, like I said before, why can't we just go back to the old ways? Oh, you pick up, you get in my mother's face, and you pick up my fish and throw it back in the water. I'm going to punch you in the throat. Well, you know, you, then you, if you take that I, upon yourself, you can face the consequences for those actions it, as to well. To me, but, when that guy turned around and was sitting there taking all that abuse from these activists yes and and their thing is they they're opposed to any they're vegan they are opposed to any meat or animal product at all being used and 
So they they really sent the kid in there first to tell the guy how the fish um, felt pain when he got hooked in the mouth. Yeah. And they sent the kid in there first, and then when the ki- the guy didn't respond to the can, that that's when the the dad came in, and um, the gentleman, you know, just I, he just kept going and going at this guy, and the guy's a big dude. Okay, I'm like, man, he's really picking on a big dude. Yeah, and then Bob, Bob's not a little guy, and I'm sure that's what he was trying to do was to provoke a uh, a, a violent response so that uh, the individual would be well, arrested and, 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 and he'd it, be vindicated for the whole deal. Yeah, but, but. I mean, and I feel, believe me, he gets my that a boy for holding back because it, talking to me like that, like you said, if you come up and get my face and da 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 da. da I can ignore you and I'm fine with that. What put what would push me to and maybe I'm <laughs> tipping my hands, don't mess with my family. You know Especially Mama. <laughs> it, don't 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 any of my family. I mean, and that goes you guys are my family and don't mess you can say whatever you want to me, call me whatever name you want to do, get in my face, say I'm the worst person in the whole wide world and everything else. You mess with somebody I care about. Yeah, that's well, not going to end well. Well, one of the things I turn around, they finally, the state of Florida has filed charges for the hunter and fisher harasser law, which basically, if you're interfering with somebody doing lawful fishing in, in the you know public waters of the state of Florida and that, and you're being, you're being interfered, or they're trying to scare the animals away. If you're duck hunting and they're going out there and trying to scare ducks away, they those people can be charged with harassment and with the way things are going we gotta we gotta make sure we're protecting our rights and we may have to inform the local police or whoever it is because they're not up on every uh rule in the book and exactly listen this person was violating the hunter and fisher harassment law please please look at this rule and and charge them appropriately or you can ask for them to have an fwc officer uh brought to the spot i mean but, you can do that as well i mean uh, what the, i will say this that for all the things that happened and uh tom can put in his two cents as well because i pushed the button but the hey. thing is is that if the guy did the right thing and then he didn't take a poke at the guy he waited till the cops got there it took a year, but now it's in the courts, and it is a misdemeanor charge. It is. But at least it'll be... The key thing, it took a year. It took but, a year, but it'll it, at least it's going to be on there. And if he does it again, and does it again and continues to do it, then he'll spend a lot longer time well, in jail. I, I turned around, I went and started doing just a little bit of research, and if you go over to Osceola County, where this guy's from, you'll find this is not his first interaction with the law. And he has actually spent some time in the jail before. (laughs) Is that a surprise to you, Tom, at all? Oh, you know, I guess, well, I was on hold. I couldn't hear, but it sounds like we're talking about uh, the confrontation over in St. Pete with Bob and his uh, his friend, the animal activist. Yeah, it's amazing Uh, how uh, people know these things. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, God bless Bob because he is infinitely more patient than a lot of us would have been. (laughs) Yeah, and you know know what? I think uh, Jonathan pointed out, you know, Bob is not a small individual, and I really think that... I wouldn't wouldn't go up and try to take Bob's fish away from him. I'm smarter than that. Yeah. Well, I mean, you're not a small kid. You would either. think that, Tom. You would, uh, these people nowadays, you would think that. Yeah, uh, but uh, now for for you as a guy who's uh, you know you got your own place to fish, so you don't really have to worry about it too much. But 
you know, you as an outdoorsman and a, and a sportsman of any type out there, you need to know that this is in your pocket. As Bill George pointed out, if you're being harassed yeah. by that, you you can't rely on the deputy sheriff or the St. PPD or Largo PD or because they don't know the no, rules. No, the Florida statutes on harassment of hunters and fishermen are something that you know anybody who's out there enjoying you know the the, the natural resources that are available to all uh, individuals. You know you, you need that and you you need to know that so that we can educate the police because you know it, it, nowadays. You, you know, some people with certain political beliefs can't even go and eat in a restaurant without people harassing them. So it's kind of okay that, you know, if, if somebody's beliefs don't match up with yours. to. But God you know, forbid you don't bake somebody a cake. Oh, good Lord. Don't even get me started. So it's good that it's coming to the, to the to, you know, get some light thrown on it. And uh, hopefully uh, that, that individual gets a little bit more than a slap on a rich wrist because uh, it's not his first offense. And, you know, let's... Uh, Let's protect everybody, not just the you know the, the uh, you know the tree huggers. As I as I pointed out, I thought it was very interesting that he went up and actually uh, uh, decided to harass a guy in a big giant uh, public park while he was out there fishing. I noticed yeah. he didn't pull up to some rednecks truck out in the middle of Tide Swamp and pull that stuff. You yeah, know what I'm saying? Yeah, that that could that could have a, a much different much different end. I'm just saying, you know, if you're going to pick your battles, I think he picked one of the weakest ones to do. You know what I'm saying? If you're going to get in the front line, then go up there. And, uh, you know, get surrounded by a bunch of dog hunters with CB oh, radios oh, running no. uh, running dogs through uh, through Perry and see what happens. That, be- all, all I ask is if those confrontations are going to take place, you know, stay within the stay within call the, FH stay within the law or call FWC. And take a video so that I and put it on Facebook so I can see it and laugh and laugh because what? there's there's nothing funner funnier than one of, when one of these. Uh, people who wants to infringe upon other people's rights gets put in their place well the thing is the video is really the key thing and and oh. some of the best video is the video they took and posted online to show them saving the fish well if you, you know? read if, if you read a lot of the stuff that's being put out by that group it, they talk about they were saving an individual. Yes, that's yeah. what cracks me up. You were saving a tilapia, <laughs> yeah. uh, the, an, that, an invasive species that's not allowed to be put into the water. But I, yeah. I, I often wonder if they run underneath ospreys, screaming at them, "Drop it! Drop it! Drop it! Drop it now! <laughs> drop it now! Let that fish go! Hold. Drop it!" Eat hey grass. Tom, can you hold on after break? Yeah, hold on for us, Tom. We got to take a break for the time. Sure can. All right, hold on a second because I know you got more to talk about when we come back. It is the Big and Wild Outdoors. We are brought to you by G Five Feeding Outdoors and Brandon Ford, and we'll be back. Because they can. Hey, before we get to uh, Tom back on the phone, welcome in, everybody. It is the Big and Wild Outdoors. Braden, uh, Jonathan, and Bill in the studio. Uh, Glenn's out messing around today with our uh, good buddy Dave Owens, who's in town. Uh, DK Flatwoods fame, he's out there hanging around doing some stuff out in the state of Florida. But uh, while we have the chance, because Tom's got a lot to talk about, uh, we're going to give away the tickets for the uh, Deer and Turkey Expo, Turkey Deer Expo, coming up next uh, couple of weeks. So you got time to win tickets right now. 888-404-1010. That's 888-404-1010. We'll take caller number 10. Just do not hang up on Tom, who's online too. So you're going to have to go work around him. Not, I'll so. do my best. Okay. Tom's live. So Tom, if you, uh, you, if you hear this, hire your caller three, try again, and you get hung up on, just call back. Okay. You there, Tom? 
time and didn't get the tickets. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, so maybe, so, maybe, so maybe you will, maybe you won't. I don't know. But uh, but uh, before the break, we were talking a little bit, to Tom, about uh, the events that have uh, now are playing out in the court systems of the state of Florida with our uh, friend Bob and uh, some dude out there from uh, Orlando area who. Um, Apparently has troubles with uh, controlled substances as well as people catching fishes. So, uh, so uh, yeah, if you look at his uh, some of his past records, he's been known to uh, uh, to maybe partake in the burning of a bush. That might explain the reason why he was feeling good about himself maybe, and going up to somebody like Mr. Hope. Maybe feeling a little bravado, you know, and uh, maybe that also explains his very cool nature hey, when uh, he confronted a very large individual. Hey, hey so. Tom, if I was if I was the jailer and he ended up in jail, you know what his first meal is going to be? sorry sir no peanut butter and jelly today we're having fish for some reason i think the vegetarian option in some of our local uh, county facilities probably isn't that good yeah Yeah. i don't don't even know if they offer uh, vegetarian uh, options in there i think the only thing you would have is be peanut butter perhaps maybe i don't know but you know nobody talks about how many animals had to die to plant all those peanuts but that's a different (laughs) thing altogether uh so anyway what's going on i know that uh you're doing some crazy things out in missouri we were talking a little earlier about food plots and getting things ready to go and you uh, are just literally going to be turning your property, it seems like, into Disneyland for, for deer. Seriously. Uh, it's, uh, I, I, I got tired of, you know, trying to use my very, very limited knowledge of uh, this whole property management thing and uh, had Dr. Grant Woods come in from uh, Growing Deer, deer uh, TV and uh, had him take a look at the property with a set, fresh set of uh, expert eyes. Very and, good uh, really, expert eyes. And really... And now I completely look at my property in a completely different light, and we've uh, really we're implementing the buffalo system that he that he talks about. You know, by planting two different uh, you know a spring crop and a fall crop, and using those crops to improve the soil to get away from herbicides and things of that nature. And, and one of the biggest things you were talking about the guys from Native Flatwoods, you know, down there, we're having them come out and evaluate the property in Missouri to do some uh, glade restoration projects. Uh, because we have invasive cedars out there, and they have taken uh, over 120 acres of our property out of production and turned it into basically a biological desert, and we're going to be getting rid of those those cedar trees to allow the native vegetation to come back in and act as sort of a drought-resistant natural food plot. You know, it's amazing. About. I don't think a, people, a lot of people understand that. Uh, I know in Missouri particularly, like where I hunt up in Polk and Hickory County, uh, how invasive cedar trees actually are and i know they're beautiful to look at and they're gorgeous in the snow but literally when they get a foothold and they start growing nothing grows underneath them they literally turn into a desert it's it's just there's nothing that grows well, underneath them they they i know that deer like to get underneath them in the winter time and stuff like that so and actually a, that's that's what i thought you know that, that this was a bedding area for our deer that they get underneath those cedars yeah. actually actually uh, nope. they don't it's that's actually right. colder it's colder and wetter under a cedar than out in the in the grassland that the cedars have taken over. So if you remove those cedars, return it back into the natural forbs and grasses, that's where your deer are going to be bedding in the winter. It's where your turkeys are going to be nesting in the spring. And it, if we have those periods of drought when my food plots you know dry up and look like you know Clearwater Beach, uh, those those glades are in production for uh, drought resistant na- uh, native species that the deer love. So yep, that's true. It's, it's sort of a, a positive all the way around. 
the one thing I will say about, you know, when you're talking about the fruit, fruit trees, you know, and, and I'm planning three or four because my daughter absolutely has to have apple trees, is that people don't realize how, you know, labor-intensive fruit trees are. You know, between the, 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 the pruning and the, the, the spraying and everything like that, you know, they, they are, they are uh, you know, a little bit more intensive. So I'm not going to go and, and, and plant an orchard. But, you know, to, to satisfy my daughter, I am going to throw in a, in a, in a little, little section of uh, apple trees. All you got to do is get those old crab apples, man, and put them out there. Nothing will eat those things except for deer and, uh, and the birds. And they grow yeah. like crazy. Well, so. And you got, I mean, Grant Woods, which that's like, as far as land management goes, like my idol. And he's the man's just a genius to talk to. But the thing that I like always to get in the conversations, like you said about the cedar trees is you go out there and you, you cut the stuff down or you do improvements like that. And it goes back to the conversations that we were having about big sugar and water and all the other stuff like that. People don't understand, you know, well, why are you going in there and wiping out a whole grove of cedar trees? Uh, Because first off, they're not supposed to be here. And second off, it's going to benefit the the ecosystem yeah in the long run this way yeah i know like i said you know a lot of people like them because they're pretty and and you know i will say this tom that i mentioned that to uh, those guys up there i said man you guys really ought to cut these cedars out of here and get them out of here they're invasive and they're like no man this is what hold the deer and the reason why they think Absolutely that not. <laughs> the reason why they think that is because that's where the deer run or they come out of when well, they are mm-hmm. emerging and uh it's good cover yeah it's a great place to hide but in the winter time when there's snow on the ground and all that stuff they don't want to be underneath there because they can't well, see they also if you if you if you go to a, a an area that's been taken over by cedars and we're looking at it from our level and so you know we're looking right into the greenery get down on your knees and look underneath and and see how good that cover is from a deer's perspective i had never done this it's, it's yeah. stupid but if you get down on your hands and knees and look underneath the the, the green of, of of the cedars it, it's all open, and that's where and that's where the that's where the deer are operating down on that level. There's no cover under that, them for there. They can't run fast through them, but nope. if a predator was coming after them, and they can't be in there and see a predator coming from from far away. So it, it, it all the things that I thought that cedars were doing for me, they're actually doing the opposite. No, it, uh, it was really eye opening. They're they're great to put into a pond for uh, raising uh, crappies, and they're good for Christmas trees. And that's about it. Yeah. <laughs> but, and, and you know what? I, I don't think a lot of people understand. If you ever walk through a pine forest or anything like that where you have those conifer-type trees, the, the oils that are in those leaves, when they fall onto the ground, they literally wipe out everything underneath there. Nothing, no, nothing, nothing seeds, growing. nothing grows. Yep. Uh, even, even fire ants won't go in there. I mean, it's seriously, it is a desert wasteland underneath there. And, those and, trees, we, have, and we have approximately 100, 120 acres of this glade habitat that uh that these cedars have taken over and the state of missouri actually offers money for property owners who are going to do uh to do uh glade restorations so long as you do it the right way you can't go in there with your with your tractor and just you know your dozer and doze them down you got to get in there with with uh, chainsaws and cut and cut them off yeah so that's the reason we're having flatwood natives come up they're gonna they're gonna give us a bid on bringing in a crew because me and Dave could take chainsaws and spend the next ten years cutting cedars, and we could not get done what you know the, these guys can do with their crews coming in with twenty guys with chainsaws and marching like army ants across the property and 
cutting every cedar that uh, that we see. And then, and also, you have to uh, when they do that, they also have to restore the land underneath it. They also have to well, put what new you, minerals in. What we're going to be doing is we're going to cut those trees below the level of the first. If you cut a cedar below the level of the first branch, that tree will not regenerate. Yep. Right. Uh, and so we're going to cut them. We're going to let them lay. And it's going to take about a year and a half to two years for those things to dry out properly. And during that time, they're going to act like a, like a forage cage. Yeah, there you the go. The deer can eat around it, but they can't eat into it, you know, as, as that tree breaks down. And then, uh, then we're going to come in in uh, in the in the in uh, you know in about a year and a half, Pile and we're going to light up that 120 acres and burn those trees where they lay, and the, all those nutrients those trees have been taking out of the soil and not doing anything with is going to either we're going to burn them and that's going to go back into the soil and help improve that. Plus, all those seeds that have that have accumulated around those, you know, will will go back into production as soon as. Uh, the, you know, some moisture hits them. It's amazing how, uh, you know, when you burn that, uh, it also helps to neutralize the acids and all the things that those trees actually have in their oils and everything else. And that's what keeps anything else from growing there. So they're using themselves to neutralize the thing that they very, they put back into that soil so that it, everything will start growing on it. That's yeah, awesome. We, yep. So we're doing that. We have, uh, we have 20, 20 more, eight, we have a logger going in next week. We're logging out 20 more acres of, food plot to put you know our our goal is to get in by the time we're all done you know in several years 70 acres in in uh in food prop production in addition to the 120 acres of natural glade food plot that we're we're trying to establish well it sounds like uh, it's going to be a horrible place tom that i don't want to go to and then shoot deer in the next year or two the the year the year the year that we're keeping our fingers crossed for is it should you know 2020 should it should it should it should look like that Garden of Eden. At least that's what our what our goal is. Well, I certainly hope it gets there before then, because uh, you know who knows what's going to happen tomorrow. And, and the and the big thing, and one of the, the the reason I'm doing all this is that I I I I I originally got this in because I wanted to hunt deer. Well, the more I got into the management part of it, is the hunting deer is sort of secondary now. It's great it's great to see the deer and let my 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 daughters and my friends come out and hunt and. We bring disabled kids from uh, Hope Outdoors there to hunt, and we're going to be getting into doing uh, more and more dis, uh, you know, wounded warrior type hunts. But as you get into growing these deer, you get more it, the the property management thing actually becomes the the fun. You're obsessed, my friend. All right, guys. Hey, we'll uh, have a great uh, great day. I love listening to the show, and uh, hopefully, uh, we have some good news from this idiot from. Uh, with Bob, and he, <laughs> he gets to go take a vacation, courtesy of uh, the local. Uh, yeah. Who gets some peanut butter and jelly? Park. It'll all be good. I'll call you later, man. We'll Thanks, talk. Brother. See talk you later, Brady. See you, Tom. All right, guys. We got to take a quick break. Uh, we are the Big and Wild Outdoors. We we're brought to you by uh, Brandon Ford and G5 Feeding Outdoors. See, it's all about killing deer. That's all it is when you go to be a property owner. It's, it's all about killing deer. Right, Bill? Yeah. Right. <laughs> we'll be back. Not in my backyard. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here we go. It is the uh, the last segment of the uh, Big and Wild Outdoors. Uh, Braden, Jonathan, and Bill George. Thanks to everybody, by the way, who called in this hour. Uh, Bill and Tim and Tom and Nick and Larry and everybody else. And good who, job, Knock. And uh, who called in uh, to uh, be a part of the show. If you uh, don't have to be shy, 
you know, you can call anytime you want to. If you got an event coming up or you got something special happening in your life that involves the great outdoors where other people can come out and enjoy as well. Or if you just uh, want to call and bust our chops. Sure, we're okay. that's all right. Yeah. Talk to Bill about that stuff. Uh, before we get out of here, Jonathan wanted to bring up a subject that hopefully we can get in within uh, five or seven minutes that we have left on the show before Knox starts playing music. Uh, some Apparently some uh, things that are happening up in Georgia these days that well, you... I just, yeah. that you who uh, go up to Georgia and uh, participate in the great outdoors up there, you may want to know this uh, type of thing that's going well, on. Well, I just shared it on my Facebook page, and it was like Civil War broke out on the fact that they've passed baiting to be legal in Georgia. Yeah. Which, for, uh, for what? Every deer. Oh, no, you were about to say everything. Can you bait bears there? I saw no. Yes, you just I, took the part that you were interested in was the deal. You let me finish. Okay. See, this to is do the I, to do the bill to go on the Bill George way of answering a question. I personally did not see any aspect that said you could not bait bears. I'm not saying that it's legal or illegal too, but I'm just saying I didn't read anything. That suggested it was illegal. Now, is there any strings attached like our turkeys where you can't hunt, be within 100 yards of a baiting station? Did not see anything with that either. Did you see the rule? Uh, yes. You saw the rule. I read what the Facebook post oh, it was posted oh, by Georgia. Post. It was posted by Georgia Outdoors. Okay. So, so at least it might have come from a credible source. Yes. Well, I hope so. You know. <laughs> But now let's let's just get into it. You know, I know that uh, some people were for it and some of it were against it uh, on your <clears throat> on your post because there are those people who feel that uh, when you bait a certain animal out there, you are uh, you're kind of cheating when it comes to hunting. But more importantly, I think that they're more concerned about the spread of CWD or you know chronic wasting to CWD. Uh, where deer are touching nozzle and the muzzles and things like that, eating off the same pile. I know that Captain Nugent went nuts over that exact comment and the fact that he basically took the Michigan DNR to task in the fact that all these other states allow baiting and, (laughs) you know, he goes, they have the lowest numbers of the CWD and chronic wasting and all this. That's because they're killing them all. Well, that was the other point that he made in his post was, you know. They're allowed it's too to, easy. They're allowed to bait. And, okay. Really? I mean, come on now. <laughs> I'm just saying. You know what? Every t- hey. If you showed you up ever, at the I dinner table ask- every night, where, where am I going to go find you? If- I got to ask you this. Have you, ever, have you ever killed a deer off of a feeder? No. Neither, neither have I. I, Do I, I run a feeder now? Now hogs, I'll ready to live. Pigs, man, boom, boom, boom. See, I'll shoot them all day off a feeder. But I have never, ever, ever, ever shot a deer over or near a feeder. I, and I, I know there were some on the property, and I always tried to catch them in between if they were moving from one place to another. But okay. I've never sat in a tree stand and heard, but, and then five minutes later, bunga bunga bunga, Mister A point. But, okay, but out. here here's my rebuttal to that, and you tell me if I don't you agree have a or disagree. If you want to do it because it's legal, it's well, just we're not going to do it. Well, no, but, I'm just saying but, I've never but actually I've never you seen are. One. If you're hunting that deer on a travel corridor to where they're going to a feeder or a food plot, that feeder or food plot is benefiting your hunt. 
Am I wrong? No, I would no. agree with that. Uh, well, I'm, I'm just saying. So to me, it's like, okay, I'm sitting 100 yards away from it, or I'm sitting on a trail that I know the feeder is right through the slough or over this ridge. I mean, <laughs> you're doing what every predatory animal in God's green earth does. Water and food and something else that I'm not going to say on the radio. He has 359 other degrees he could come from. I well, that's true. But, but now I was. He's only I, got one degree I'm playing with. But I, I but see, I, I, I don't think that a lot of deer that where there are a feeder on a piece of property, I don't think that a lot of those deer are taken over that feeder. And no, and I don't I think really you're don't. better. But I don't think your better bucks are generally taken over the feeder. Never. But, you know, you know. It does keep the does there, and if you have the does there, he's not going to be far. I like like our feeders. I like having our feeders for two reasons. One is for kids, obviously, because for a kid for their first year, a doe or something like that, it makes it helps them, makes it a little easier. I mean, I don't and I don't care what anybody thinks about that because to me. You shouldn't throw your kid out there like that and make them. If you can make it easier for them, I say my, make it easier for my them. My kids will tell you they learned the hard. Oh, way. I know. Well, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> I think we all did. I think that's I, but why in, in all easier. in all fairness, if you would have had a piece of property that had feeders on it and set up to hunt and everything else, would you have not have let your kids hunt close to or by the feeder? Probably not when they got started. Hmm. That's and that's just and that's, that's yeah. But I got a lot of grief for making my kids take the hard road. Yeah. Okay. With turkey hunting, it was all public land. There was oh, no yeah. none of this private land stuff. And I mean, they they took a hard road to get there. But now, when you have an opportunity to go hunt private land or something yeah. like that, they really they really like that. Yeah. But, because now they're spoiled. And I I don't have a problem if they want to make it legal to to have feeders. I don't. I bust people's chops, you know. But I think I've, I, feeders are a great idea. I'm I'm more of a mineral block kind of guy and a food plot guy. I'd rather see that than out there than just feeding them candy all day. You know, well, when you're feeding them corn all day. Yeah. Uh, for hogs, that's one thing. And if deer come in and mubble, you know, nibble every once in a while, that's not a, a bad thing. But uh, I will say that this. I think there are more deer that are killed over uh, minerals on the ground, or you know, kamir deer, any of these other things where they're put or out under acorn certain, trees. Yeah, or they're put out in, in situations like that than there are that are shot over feed. Well, and the thing about it is, and me and you've talked about this before, with feed and bait stations, the animal really is benefiting more than you are going to harvest. I mean, oh, let's I, face it. Yeah. And, and that's that's and, the other thing, the way I look at it. And I, I, I turned around. I had to go fix my feeder the other day. I run it year-round. Right now, there's there's fawns out there, and if the more the more nutrition the, the doe has, the better nutrition the fawns going to have. In the long run, and yeah. In the yep. long run, and you're, you're doing a help. It's not, it's not there for me to harvest a deer from. That's, no. that's not That's not what my stuff is. But um, That's exactly know. why you put it there. Because yeah. you're a cheater and you want to shoot them yeah. while they're sitting there eating over your feeder. Yeah. That's why you're doing it. Yep. That's how you're getting those squirrels. Cheater, you're cheater. baiting them up. You're <laughs> baiting up squirrels and you're, you're waiting there, until they there, come there out. There are some squirrels. I just I gonna have to wait till squirrel season comes. But they ate through the feeder. They ate through the feeder again. They not only ate through the feeder. They ate a foot and a half of wire 
in the feeder. Hey. Well, that's because you have the wrong feeder. <laughs> hey, I got you covered. Just come see me. There's a new feeder out that maybe you should take a look just, at. Just come see me. I, I need covered. the one that fell off the back of the truck. What's, the, what's the name of that feeder? Uh, what's, the, what's the name of that? One thing? and done. One oh, and done. Yeah, that's it. One and done. So you don't have to worry about Available at Arrowhead or- Archery. But so I have hogs, and it's only hog-resistant. No. I'll get it up off the ground, and it'll be <laughs> no, hog it's, it's, it's believe me, it, it's fine with hogs. <laughs> I, I did look at it, and and, and it, it's a pretty dang tough feeder. Yeah, well, you know what? It doesn't matter because you're a bloodthirsty animal who feeds over, uh, who shoots over a feeder, and it's horrible. And, I, and I'm gonna I'm gonna call some people in Orlando and have them come visit your house and take your fish away. <laughs> Thank you, everybody who called in and uh, participated on the show. Next week we'll give away more tickets to the uh, Deer and Turkey Expo. Thank yep. you, Doc, for getting up early and, and, and showing up, and it's all good. You rock. I don't have a chance. You have a better track record than Glenn now. Do you understand that? Do you understand? You have a better track record of showing up than Glenn. That's see awesome. you guys. All right, we'll see you next Saturday. We're the Big Wild Outdoors, brought to you by G Five and Brandon Ford.